Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. What a wonderful service so far. Just want to say happy Mother's Day. And uh, my subject was going to be must know our weapons. Something my wife told me yesterday had me up all night long. She said, honey, what are you going to talk about? That's not talk about knowing our weapons. That's what I'm talking about. She said, oh, Sunday is Mother's Day. Hint, hint. <laughs> and so, you know, that had me thinking all night long. And I think it was God just nudging me here and there. Because I kept waking up thinking about my mom and my stepmom. I have the privilege, good or bad, to have a mom and a stepmom. And uh, what a blessing to know that both of them are in Christ. And I was thinking about that, mothers. The greatest weapon in the family, to have in the family, is a faithful mother. What a weapon! To keep evil from her children. To keep evil from her husband. Faithful and true. What a powerful weapon. And don't you know that disturbs Satan? Gets him very upset to know that there are mothers here today that have given their lives over to God and are faithful and true and will be faithful unto death. And so what does that look like in Scripture? And I want to examine Mary, the mother of Jesus, just for a little while. And I, I know that that was talked on earlier in this year. But it doesn't hurt me to revisit that. Because I think that is a very, she is a very powerful example and a picture of what it looks like to be a faithful mother. And then I want to all close with a personal plea this morning, if you don't mind. I'd like to end the service with that. Her life really begins as a mother. It begins in Luke chapter 1. So let's turn there. In Luke chapter 1, when she was shocked, probably not the word, the correct word to describe, I'm sure ladies... You're going on blowing through life, and the next thing you know, you're approached by a powerful angel. And um, verse 28, he says, And coming in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. I, I'm sure it was such a shock she was taken aback. I'm sure, like all the rest of us would be, how in the world do I deserve such blessing? Mothers, I'm sure you've probably asked that a time or two in your life as well. How is it possible that Jesus loves me so? Well, honestly and very simply, because the Bible says so. Isn't that just interesting and beautiful at the same time? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's just paints a very beautiful picture of love. Then the angel said to her in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Did she deserve this? No, this is God's plan. This is God's urgency. This is God's will being stated. Ladies, women, mothers, what have you done with the will of God? Have you ignored it? Chose the best parts of it? The parts that you feel like doing? Well, Mary was stunned. In verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? You see, in that day and age, he was facing, going to face some insurmountable odds. And that's the way it is sometimes with the calling of God. Having to stand firm and face insurmountable odds. And women, you practice that. And, and mothers, you practice that every day that you live. Fighting those insurmountable odds. How? How can I do this? You've wondered that, I'm sure. As a husband, and I know I've read some stuff by Brother Dustin over there about his wife. We marvel. At your faithfulness. We marvel at what you do. In verse 35, the angel gives her an answer. God always provides answers. Doesn't just tell us His will, but provides an answer. And the angel said unto her, Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. He's assuring her that you are dealing with God, Mary. This is the great Creator. You're going to be the mother and the Messiah. I know that's stunning news, but you have to know who's behind all this, and His name is God. For with God, nothing will be impossible. What a principle. And what a principle for you mothers to hang on to throughout your entire life. Good times, bad times, always keep focused this powerful principle. With God, all things are possible. With God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, humbling herself. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen? And the angel departed from her. This is something that Elizabeth later on would notice. He would, she would say in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. She said, Blessed is she who believed. She witnessed that kind of faith and belief. What do people witness in your life, mothers? Someone faithful to the calling? You know, as a mother, what a special calling that is. In addition to being called as a child of God, motherhood, what a special and unique ministry that is all of itself. And this was something that 
Mary voiced by words of song and praise in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant, and behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. Amen. What song and praise, mothers, do you give to the Lord? It's a good question, isn't it? It was a testimony of her love and commitment to God's will. Even though it was insurmountable and seemed to her, I would think, impossible. But God assures her, as He assures us all in our walk and journey in life, as He will assure you mothers, of your walk and ministry. And so in Luke chapter 2, after giving birth to the Messiah, after the angels sing glory, glory to the highest, after the shepherds came, in verse 18 of Luke chapter 2 it says, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and ponder them in her heart. Ladies, what do you treasure most of all in your life? Your child? Your family? Jesus? The Word of God? His will and plan for you? Something to treasure, isn't it? Something to treasure. And they continued to walk in faith, both Joseph and Mary. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, and the name given to him, given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. In verse 39 of Luke chapter 2, it continues on. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew magically. On its own. No, that's not what it says. It says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You think the parents had something to do with this? What faith? What action? To continue to worship God and to obey His law. Right? And in verse 51, after Jesus took the moment to sneak away for a little bit in the temple and saying, why do you seek me? Do you not know I must be about my father's business? It says in verse 51, and then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, freely willing to give his will over to them, to obey them. But his mother, again, kept all these things in her heart. She treasured these moments and these truths. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. What an impact that we see so far of Mary and Joseph. But was she faithful to the end? 
John chapter 19, we have this recorded. Turn with me there. John chapter 19. Thank you for the reading, Amen. John chapter 19, starting in verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, His mother. And His mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus therefore saw His mother, thank you Dustin for commenting on this. What a powerful reminder of Jesus' love for His mother. And the disciple John, whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. Now, there is some differences in commentary. Some think this phrase here, from that hour the disciple took her to his own home, meant that at that moment she became family. At that moment, she became connected. And I was thinking about that. How out of grief forged such a remarkable relationship. And really continuing into this day. The church is born and forged out of a relationship out of suffering of Christ. Right? That's who we are. That's our special connection. That's our special relationship. Unique in our faith. And I'm one, I, I, I just know she wondered, how did we get here? And I think the answer is found 30 years earlier in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 in verse 34. In verse 34, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You think she thought of this? I'm pretty certain she did. And I want to tell you right now that she did not stand as a victim either. What we do find, we find her in Acts chapter 1. And I find this to be very interesting. In Acts chapter 1, with the, and they entered in verse 13, they went up in the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with, guess who? The women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. You think she recognized herself as a victim? You know, you know what she was doing? She was in prayer and supplication with her brothers in Christ. With people that she was having this expectation, I believe, this is my personal opinion, she was there because she knew what was about to happen. But more than anything, she was there in prayer and supplication. She was there talking with her God. She was there with personal deep needs, just as you mothers have today. 
And where do you go for your help? I pray it's the same place she went to. God. And so, mothers, are you faithful to the will of God? Are you faithful and true? Are you obedient to God? Are you committed? Do you stand firm when the odds are against you? Do you hold on? Do you trust God? Even when things seem insurmountable. All the bills. All the finances. Oh, my husband lost his job. Oh, my child. I just don't know if she's going to be able to get to school and pay for her bills. I don't. On and on and on. Do you hold on to that faithful principle? With God, all things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. What do you treasure in your heart? Something you need to ask yourself. Now I said I wanted to end this service with a personal plea. And I want to talk a little bit about trauma. I hear Chris talk about this a lot. When we talk about trauma, our minds go immediately to those who have served in the military. We have some men here who served in the military, and thank you so much. But trauma is a very real thing in the world of a military soldier. But what is trauma? It's a mental wound, injury, physical wounds, defeat. But trauma runs even deeper than that. Think in regards to domestic violence, rape, natural disasters, death of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a relationship. And the reason I'm saying that is because divorce is a huge factor in trauma, impacting far more than the husband and wife. And for children, this is referred to as adverse childhood experiences. And I'm standing here telling you right now that my parents were divorced and my experiences were extremely traumatic. And I want you to get this. Trauma began for me even before they divorced. That's right. I was five and six and we had moved from Texas to Rinkin, Georgia with my mom and two half-brothers. One morning I woke up, the lunch for school that was typically prepared wasn't on the table. I noticed suitcases in the corner of the room, in the living room. I noticed that there was something a little bit odd in the behavior of my mom. It was soon evident that something was not quite right. And she announced that we were leaving Georgia and headed to Houston, Texas. Yeah! Although this little fellow wasn't going, yeah. A yellow checkered taxi cab. Now mind you, I still have, I still see this as it's real passing before my very eyes today. A yellow checkered taxi cab picked us up. We boarded a Greyhound bus out of Savannah, Georgia. And I want to tell you right now, a deep sadness gripped me. I couldn't express it then. Dad was missing. That's all I knew. And that loss was overwhelming. It was something so unbelievably painful. I couldn't articulate that kind of anguish. 
all I could do was cry. Did you realize that 29% of boys and 39% of girls of divorces have high levels of post-traumatic stress? So it's very real. The word trauma you won't find in the Bible, but you do find key words such as pain, suffering, anguish, broken hearts, prison, affliction, crushed in spirit. Those are closely related words to trauma. And those words are the result of the consequences of sin or the consequences of our own decisions that I refer to sometimes as judgment calls. And a scriptural word that you'll find Paul used is expedience. Expediency. Is your decision expedient or is it necessary? Or is it helpful? Does it build up people? Just because you have the liberty doesn't mean you should exercise the freedom. That's the point. And over the years, folks, brothers and sisters and friends, and those on the internet, to this day I still, by the grace of Jesus Christ, filter the grief and acknowledge the pain and loss so many years ago. And I just want to say this morning, if you are a child of a broken home and if you are still hurting, if you are a mother that's been part of a divorce, there is good news. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, Jesus says. Psalms 107, verse 13 and 16. I want to end with this this morning. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. You see, only Jesus can heal this brokenness and darkness called trauma. Don't leave here today with that in your heart and on your mind. Won't you come to Jesus as we stand and sing? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.